This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Well, we have a slight problem this morning, and that is that, well, first of all, I got four ink pens that I have no need of. Um, I have a teaching and Joe told me if I didn't teach it, she was going to stand up and start shouting at me. And uh, I did not want to be reprimanded in front of everybody. It's bad enough I'm having to stand up here in outer space. I don't like heights. I don't like being up. I like to be down where I can see people and talk right into your eyes. I've been accused of only talking to one side of the, the place and not the other side. So good morning, people over here. You probably won't see me again. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> but generally, I was explaining to Joe last night, don't, please don't take offense, don't feel neglected, but God just seems to draw me to certain areas. And we were talking about notable memories, um, or moments of prayer, what miracles we've seen. And so, like I said, I brought my teaching. Say, she brought her teaching. <laughs> Whether I'll get to my teaching or not is another story because I felt very inclined to share a couple we are believing for today and tonight for notable miracles, notable healings, notable deliverances. And I was telling Joe last night, Pastor Kennedy, you know, that woman just does strange stuff. Uh, that's all I can. How many of y'all know my pastor, Dr. Sandra Kennedy? Okay. And, um, you know, and she'll tell you very quickly, she's taught me everything I know. Don't tell her it's not true, okay? Shh, be very quiet. Because I do study on my own and I've learned a lot. But really and truly, she has been my spiritual mother and my mentor. And, you know, if, if it weren't for Dr. Kennedy, I would not be here. She saw and recognized the call of God on my life and propelled me in that direction and encouraged me. In fact, she walked up to me one day and said, Velda, we're building the healing center. I said, yes, ma'am, I know. She said, will you direct it for me? I said, yes, ma'am. I didn't hear from her for six more months. But in the meantime, I went ahead and made preparations to go and direct it, quit my nursing job, gave up my nursing career, and, and there I went. And then after I got there, she said, oh, by the way, I'm going to pay you for the first year. After that, you got to believe for your salary. <laughs> but thank God she's continued to pay me when I deserved it and when I didn't deserve it. But anyway, that brings me to what I want to tell you this morning is about finances. Uh, we have been in ministry now for 38 years. Never one year, not even through COVID or anything else, have we ever come out in the red at the end of the year. God just supernaturally seems to provide for us. But God began to do an unusual thing in our church a few years ago. And Pastor Kennedy just stood up one day and she said, um, God's here today and he's given out financial blessings. And she said, you may want to check your wallets. Look in your purse, look in your billfold, look in your wallet, whatever. Because some people here are getting money today that they did not have before they came. Check your wallet. And people began to look, and they had $20 bills, $50 bills, on and on, $10 bills. And they said, I didn't have any money when I left today, but look in my wallet now. Money. 
God was just supplying money. And one of my personal friends, I heard her hollering and squealing, and look, she had six perfectly crisp, brand-new $50 bills, just like they had just come off the mint, in her wallet. And she had no money when she left home. So I was at a church up in North Carolina, and, uh, I, you know, I'm like, hey, that's Pastor Kennedy's thing. You know, I'm not, I'm, I don't, but God kept telling me, you got to tell people today that I'm here to do all sorts of miracles, including financial miracles. Tell them to begin to check their wallets, check their billfolds by faith. Well, there were two or three kind of like y'all just sitting there looking at me, you know, and not moving, not doing, not acting in faith. Hello. And, uh, but suddenly, you know, nobody had any money. And I said, oh, well, I guess that's a Dr. Kennedy thing. I'll just go on about my business. I'm going over here where these people will listen to me. And, uh, but God wouldn't leave me alone with it. So I went on to do my teaching and I kept saying, God, I, I got to go on. I got to teach. And I said, but I can't. So I began to come up. Don't let me walk off this. I have been known to walk off things before. And I walked towards the back and I said, there's somebody right here in this area right now. God said, you better check your wallet. And I thought, oh, Lord, I done put myself out there now. You know, talk about walking the plank. And with that, I turned around and came back. I said, I'm done. I'm going to my teaching just like I am right now. And just about the time I got here, I saw the guy in the sound booth jumping up and down and shouting and waving. And I was like, what is wrong with that man? <laughs> Who is that man? And I finally, I said, is, is something going on back there? Like the guy that came to the healing center one time and he was sitting there and I'm just ministering the word. And all of a sudden he started yelling, something going on up in here <laughs> and God is healing something going on up in here today folks I'm here to tell you by the spirit of God something going on up in here today and so the guy jumps up and he comes running up and I look at the pastor and I'm like you know is this some nutcase do we need security he said he's okay and he came up here he said I checked my wallet he said, but I had totally forgotten I have an Apple wallet. Well, I didn't know what that was. Is that kind of like, you know, Michael Cures or, you know, some of these? I don't know what an Apple wallet is. He said, and I have a, an account in my Apple wallet that I've had for several months. It's never gained one penny. He said, and I checked it just before I walked in the door a while ago. Hadn't gained one penny. He said, but when you said, God said, somebody better check their wallet. He said, suddenly I remembered my Apple wallet. I looked at it, and in those moments, I just gained $480. So what am I telling you? Don't limit God. If you've got a need, begin to believe God will supply your every need according to his riches and glory. Whether that's healing, deliverance, finances, peace. Come on, somebody start agreeing with me or I'm going to go sit back down. And, <laughs> you know, but God said every need. But the problem is we try to put God in a box and just believe that well, he can only do this and he can only do that and we got to put limitations on him. No, God is God. Look at your neighbor today and tell him, say, God is God. And all things are possible with God. 
And all things are possible to those who believe. So in Hebrews 11:6, it says, And without faith, that's called believing, it is impossible to please God because anyone, say anyone, who comes to him must believe that he exists and, say and, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Wow. What is that all about? Faith. Everything we receive from God comes by faith. How many of y'all have ever heard that statement? Yes, it is. And without faith in the Lord, we will never gain anything from him. But we have to do some other things. And so we're going to talk a lot about faith today. Like in Mark 11, it says, believe and then you will receive, okay? You'll have it. So we have to have an expectation. It's like when I said, check your wallets, many of y'all began to do it, but I wonder how many of you did it with expectation. Are you just testing me? Hey, I ain't putting no money in your wallet. If I'm going to put money in somebody's wallet, it's going to be in jeans because then it belongs to me. (laughs) We have... My money and our money. That's the end of it, right there. <laughs> but at any rate, let's turn. I hope you brought your Bibles today. And if you didn't, look at your neighbor and say, now don't be selfish. Let's share. Amen. You know, Friday night I started a story. How many of you ever watched a, a TV show years ago called Night Court? Yeah, and on there, Bull was the court bailiff, and he married a girl from some Asian country. And uh, on the show that night, he was talking about that he got his visa bill. Can we say, uh uh-oh, uh-oh. And there were all these charges on it that he didn't know anything about. And he's like, what in the world? So he went to his wife and he said, what is this? Now remember, she's a new citizen. She's trying to obey all the laws. Imagine that. Somebody's trying to obey the law these days. And he said, what is this? She said, I saw it on television. Said, they said, don't leave home without visa card. So I take Visa card everywhere I go and I hand it to the people and they hand me things back. (laughs) So, you know, that's the way it should be with our Bibles. Don't leave home without it. You may never know when you're going to need it. Amen? It's all right. I'm just trying to make sure y'all are awake this morning. Hello. All right, but let's go to Mark 11 and verses 22 through 24. Jesus, this is Jesus talking, so we ought to listen up, tune up our ears. Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have, underline this, what he says I say to you whatever things you ask when you pray believe and receive and then you will have them two action words believe and receive you don't just sit back and wait on God to heal you You have a part to play. When people come to the healing center, I ask the Lord because of my background, what should we call these people? I had been a medical social worker. I had clients. 
I had been a nurse, or was still a nurse. I had patients. But in this situation, I wasn't a social worker and I wasn't a nurse. And I didn't know what I was. <laughs> and I said, Lord, what should we call them? He said, call them participants because they have a part to play. God does his part, we do our part, but then you have to do your part. It says you believe and you receive. Action verbs, participating. Stand up and take your healing. Stand up and receive what God has given you. So it's not, healing is not a problem for God. Healing one ailment <laughs> over another ailment is no more difficult for God. It's just as easy for him to heal cancer as it is an ingrown toenail. It's just as easy for him to heal vision's problems as it is a stomachache. We're the ones that put the boundaries down. We limit God through a lack of faith. And now somebody just got mad and said, I have faith. You can't tell me I don't have faith. Well, let me see the proof. Healing is not a God problem. It's a people problem. Praying, praying, praying. Oh, my Lord, if I hear that word one more time, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Last time I looked in the Bible, it says, if you've got a problem, pray for yourself. Come on now. Now I've gone to meddling. I better move on. So Matthew 11, verses 12. I like this. It says, heaven's kingdom is bursting forth. And passionate people ooh, have taken hold of its power, seized it by forth as a precious prize, a share in the heavenly kingdom, sought with the most ardent zeal and intense exertion. How many people do you know that are very passive about receiving from God? Well, now, come on. Lord, if it be thy will. Come on. Well, now, I don't know if I'm worthy or not, Lord, but I beg you, Jesus, heal me. And Jesus, and I, I can just see, can't you see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost sitting there looking at each other like, what is that person's problem? They're already healed, but they won't believe. They won't go after it. They won't take it. They won't by force seize it. Where is ardent zeal? How many people in the house today would honestly say, I came with ardent zeal today, determined I will live differently and I will be differently when I leave this place today? No, I'm going to church. I'm going to hear the message. And then you know what? We get to go eat lunch. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But no, that is not what it said. I love that part. It says the heaven's kingdom is bursting forth. Well, what's it bursting forth with? The power and the provision of God himself is bursting forth. But God says that passionate people have to take it by force. You've got to say that is for me and I believe and therefore I receive and I am taking it now. As my cat Penelope used to say, we were studying, I'm all on finances this morning in prosperity for some reason. And, you know, and Penelope, my cat, yes, every morning when I'd start studying my Bible, she'd run and lay on my Bible. She loved the word. And we used to watch Jerry Savelle together all the time, me and the cat. 
And he was always teaching on, you know, prosperity and finances. And he'd say, well, when do you want your harvest? If you've been sowing, aren't you expecting a harvest? When do you want your harvest? And the answer was now. And I'd say to Penelope, Penelope, when do we want our harvest? And as God is my witness, she'd haunt her little neck down like this and she'd go, now. And she was a very prosperous cat. She lived in a house she didn't pay for. She ate food she didn't have to buy. Come on. But I tell y'all now, when that cat got sick, I could not get her to confess one healing scripture. It was a sad day when we buried Penelope. <laughs> That's a hint for some of you people. Come on. So faith believes and it takes. Amen. But both of those are action words. See, I'm going to tell you something you may not like. God wants you healed. God wants you healed more than you want to be healed. Because God's going to receive the honor and the glory. And you're going to be a living testimony that others can believe and receive. But do you know God will not make you receive? He won't make you receive it. Have you ever had anybody you tried to give something to and they're like, oh no, oh no. I had an aunt one time. You try to give her a gift. Oh no, oh no, honey, I don't need, th I don't need anything. You couldn't give her anything, so I quit trying and I bought it for me. <laughs> but you know, God's like, if you don't want it, I've offered it. I've said, here, here's your healing. Here, take it, receive it. Get some ardent zeal in you. Rise up, stand up, speak up. That's my healing and I want it and I'm going after it. Glory to God, I'll take it. But God will not force you to receive it. No more than he will force you to receive salvation. Even though it's accessible and available, it's your choice. God always lets us have choices by free will. So when we pray for something, it's our responsibility to then believe we receive and take it. Oh, let me tell you what. You have not prayed in faith if you did not take it. If you did not then begin to confess, I receive it in the name of Jesus. I receive my healing. I receive my eyesight. I receive my strong legs. I receive my redemption from the curse of cancer. I receive my redemption from diabetes. I just saw a young lady, I know her mother, I know her, and uh, she just recently sent out a message. She'd been in the hospital. She'd had di a diabetic incident, <clears throat> developed diabetes when she was pregnant, gestational diabetes, and she put this out the other day, I'll have to live with this for the rest of my life. It just broke my heart. I thought, no, you don't. Jesus has already redeemed you from the curse. Will you please accept it? Take what God has done for you and given you. Receive it. So 2 Corinthians 4.18. Here's our problem. You can't look at your symptoms. You can't look at your body. You can't look at your lab reports. You can't look at your x-rays. You can't look at any of that to determine if you are healed or not. You can only look to one place and that is the word of God. So you cannot do that, and here's why. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, 18, Look not at the things which are seen, 
but at the things which are not seen. For things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. What does all that mean? Don't pay attention to what you can see. Pay attention to what you can't see, that the healing power of God is working mightily in you right now. You can't see it. You can't smell it. You can't touch it. You may or may not feel it, but it's there by faith if you will believe and receive it. Some people ought to be talking to themselves right now saying the healing power of God is working in me now. Pulsating from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, undoing all harm and damage that's been done in my body. Glory to God. And if you know you got it, stand up and shout it. Hello, I got it. And this is the word that I shared with him at the conference this weekend. The Lord gave me these words the other day. He said, rise up. That means on the inside, your spiritual fortitude, rise up. Then stand up and then speak up. So at any time, I assure you, you want to rise up, stand up and speak up and shout, I got it. Please do so. It will be very pleasing to God. And to the rest of us, it will encourage us in our faith. Amen? So we have this thing that we're supposed to not look at what, oh, Lord, look there. Ooh, it's gotten worse. Just since I got here, it's gotten worse. Ooh, I can't even hear what that woman up there talking about. She's just running her mouth. Let me look at this some more. Ooh, 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 yeah. Ooh, there's that pain again. Ooh, let me just focus on it right now. Help me, Jesus, help me. No. Begin to believe you're healed. Act healed. Hey, heal people, act healed. Amen? They get up and do what they couldn't do. They move what they couldn't move. Amen? Come on, come on, come on. Y'all stay with me. But you cannot look at circumstances and have victory in any arena of your life. You must look to God and act on it and release your faith in order for it to be effectual. You can't just say, oh, look, I've got, here's my pot of faith. I'm waiting by faith. No, you got to do something with it. You got to act in faith. Do what you need to do. Participate. And remember this. In order to release your faith, you have to speak. That is the only way you release it. Even in your giving. How many of you know when you give, you should speak over your offering? Speak over your tithe. Lord, I give this to you to further your kingdom and your work. And therefore, I believe I will receive a great recompense and a reward. You know, but too many people just throw their money in the bucket as it goes by. They don't expect any return. They don't expect any blessing. And guess what? They don't get one either. So people have to bring themselves to a place to move beyond what I'm saying today is many people say they believe in God. But listen to me, they do not believe God. They don't believe him scripturally. They don't believe this is his word. They don't believe that every word in here is truth and that every word in here applies to them. Well, that must be for something else. Pastor, <laughs> I love you. You're just such a delight and such an inspiration and, and your joke telling is just beyond comment. <laughs> 
but I was telling Joe this morning, I heard this guy talking the other day, and I don't even know who because I wasn't watching it. And he, he was Baptist, I guess. And he said, you know, said we Baptists have to live by faith. That that's all there is to it. We just live by faith. He said, because we never see anything happen. So we just live in by faith. He said, but now them Pentecostal folks. He said, they see miracles all the time. He said, they don't have to worry about just living by faith and all. He said, because they have faith in action, faith in motion, and they see miracles all the time. And he was talking about one of the old gospel singers that some of y'all may know or may not know. Her name was Vestal. And uh, anybody in here ever heard of Vestal? Oh, look at all those people know Vestal. And he said, now Vestal and her friend, whatever over there, he said, those girls have miracles for lunch every day. <laughs> but, us, but us Baptist people, but glory to God, we got our faith. We don't see anything from it and we don't do anything with it, but we got it and we say we live by it. See, you can believe in God, but not believe God scripturally. Believing that your faith can produce or receive everything God has for you. How many people could you think of, don't call out their names, that would say, oh, I believe in God, but they never seem to receive anything from God because they don't, they say, oh, I, be, I believe in God, but they don't really believe God and his word. So that brings us down to this age-old question. How much faith do we need? Can somebody tell me how much we need? I can't hear you, sweetie. Well, it's a great question. Because how many of y'all, particularly pastors and people in ministry, have had somebody say, oh, I guess I just don't have enough faith. Pray for me that I'll have enough faith. You know that's not scriptural. I can't pray for you to have more faith. You can't pray for me to have more faith. I can pray you'll use your faith. Come on. I can pray that you'll have faith in your faith. <laughs> but how much is enough? And so we have to go back to the scriptures all the time. For by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourself. Faith is a gift of God. Romans 12, 3, according to God, according as God has dealt or given to every man, woman, child, every creature of humankind, he has given them the measure of faith. And I don't know what God used as a measuring tool. And neither do you. But whatever it was, God said it was sufficient. You cannot say, I don't have faith. You do have faith. You may not be using your faith. You may not be exercising your faith. But let me tell you, you do have faith. And what you do with it is up to you. Amen. I have got to hurry. What, how much time do I get? That much. Okay, good. All right. We, we're not going to be back till 6.30 tonight. So as long as I'm through by 6, we're good, right? Okay. But I, I want to teach you something today. You remember when the disciples, they'd come to Jesus and said, Lord, increase our faith. 
He ignored them. He was always ignoring his disciples. I mean, can you imagine walking, talking, and living with Jesus every day and still being that dumb? But they were. I mean, hey, just like me and thee. Hey, don't, don't look down your nose at them. And so then when they couldn't throw the demon out of the kid and they came to Jesus and they said, what's our problem? And he said, oh, it's because you have so little faith. And then he said, and we all know this, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, then you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing, say nothing, will be impossible for you. So now we've all grabbed hold of mustard seed faith. Oh, if I could just have mustard seed faith. But I got news for you. There's so much to learn about mustard seed faith. It is not what you think. It is not the cute little seed in the necklace that we wear around our necks, okay? It is not in that little vial that you carry around in your pocket. Ooh, mustard seed faith. So what does it mean? If it seems like <laughs> that you've got your mustard seed faith, but it doesn't seem to be working quite right. You're not getting what you thought you were supposed to be getting and believing for. Therefore, it seems that your faith is not working. Could that be possible? That you're not seeing results. And you may be even tempted to start saying, I just need more faith. I need greater faith. I remember the years when we talked on weak faith, strong faith, great faith. Y'all, faith is faith. Just depends on what you do with it. And so let's just assume that maybe Jesus wasn't really talking about the amount of faith, but the quality of your faith. The quality or the completeness of our faith. Maybe we're missing some key component or companion that goes with our faith to make it whole and to work and be powerful and, and, and effectual. Now, y'all, I'm known to be a world's great cake baker. <laughs> Don't look at me, Jean. I won't tell y'all about the happy birthday Jesus cake I baked and then got mad when my kids criticized it and stabbed it together. I mean, just stabbed it with a... Uh, I won't tell y'all about the knife incident with the happy birthday Jesus cake, okay? But I have learned this. If you want a cake to turn out, you've got to have the right ingredients. And if you are short on one ingredient, you don't double up on another ingredient. Am I right? I mean, like, you don't have any sugar, so just put in twice as much flour. Won't work. You don't have enough milk, so you just throw in some extra something else that you might have in the house. Yogurt, sour cream. I don't get all that stuff. It said milk. But anyway, you have to have the right ingredients in the right proportions if you want your cake to come out right. Amen? And so when we begin to talk about faith, is it possible that maybe we don't need more faith? We just need the right amount of each ingredient that we are to use to complement or complete our faith. Now, some of y'all are looking at me real weird, so I'll try to move on. You can't, just like you can't double up on your cake ingredients, y'all, you can't just double up on faith. 
I got to get more faith. I got to get more faith. I got to get more faith. Not necessarily. Has it ever made you wonder why Jesus used the example of a mustard seed? There are many other seeds. I know. Jean tried to buy some radish seeds one time. We were going to plant a garden, and he went down to the garden store and told them he wanted a pound of radish seeds. And they laughed at him. They said, do you know how many acres it'd take you to plant a pound of radish seeds? Because they're so itty bitty tiny. And then there's turnip seeds, and there's orange seeds, and there's tomato seeds. Why? See, I ask these questions. Why would Jesus address mustard seed? And I hear you, you said, well, mustard was very prevalent in that area and it was a common thing and Jesus always talked about things that were common and familiar. Yes, but could it be more? See, we've got to start looking beyond just what's right in front of us. We're not moved by what we see, but sometimes by what we don't see. Can we move beyond to just the immediate and begin to look for a deeper meaning and a greater explanation so let's talk about a mustard seed. You want a science lesson this morning? Of course you do. Even if you didn't raise your hand, you're going to get it anyway. See, um, a seed is not a single component. You may look at it and think it's just a little seed, nothing to it. But in actuality, this seed is composed of several parts. It has, listen to this, talking about the mustard seeds now. It has three main parts, but it contains other parts that allow the seed to live, to function, to grow, and produce what it was created to produce. In all, it has seven total parts. That number seven mean anything to you? Completion. Amen. Seven total parts. And so Jesus is specifically talking about a mustard seed. I'll tell you a little bit more about it. It's very small. It's about an eighth of an inch in diameter. But yet it can produce a plant four to five feet tall. See, it don't take a whole lot, does it, to get a great reward and a harvest. You just got to have the right thing. You got to accept that it is sufficient to produce what it needs to produce. The mustard seed, now I love this, you know I'm a nurse, and I, I get so excited when I can get a different insight into something concerning healing. Because what did Jesus do? He went about teaching, preaching, and healing all that were sick. So here's something you may not know at all about a mustard seed that it has been used for centuries upon centuries for medicinal purposes. The mustard seed has multiple parts, each with a specific purpose, yes, to nourish, protect, bring cell integrity, promote growth and metabolism. It's concentrated, concentrated in vitamin B. The B complex, B1, B2, B3, B6, vitamin E. It has plenty of minerals such as copper, calcium, magnesium, selenium. Did y'all know all of that was in your mustard? Look, see, you're learning something. It's great. It's a powerful antioxidant. 
You hear on the radio, the TV all the time about getting antioxidants in your diet. It is very high in protein. It provides essential oils. It's used again for centuries as an anti-inflammatory drug. Come on. It's an antioxidant. Like I've already said, listen to this one. It has an anti-tumor component to it. It helps to reverse and heal arthritis. It's great for respiratory diseases. It promotes strong bones and teeth. It lowers blood pressure. It fights infection. And it does many more things. Could it be? Let's walk a minute. Could it be that Jesus, who went about teaching and preaching and healing all that was sick, identified that we needed faith as a mustard seed because he knew just that much genuine faith could produce total and complete healing and deliverance from every form of sickness, disease, and affliction? Could it be? I think it could. Is that too good to be true? <laughs> you had to have been here Friday night to know what that means, but nonetheless. So what do I do with this? I told you a while ago you can't double up on other things, you know, on components and ingredients and stuff like that. So faith in of itself is not a substitute for the other things we need to go along with our faith. Come on. Faith alone will not produce. We need all the ingredients to make it complete and functional. So what is that? And you say, Velda, you've just fallen off a turnip truck this morning. You hit your head. You're not right. Well, again, I go back to the scriptures. Let's look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. To those who have obtained like precious faith, with us by the righteousness of our Savior Jesus Christ. His divine power has been given, has given us all things, say all things, that pertain to life. That pertain to what? Life. And godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, which, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Don't you like that statement? Then verse 5 says, Giving all diligence, add to your faith. Didn't I tell you? You can't just have a bucket of faith over here. It says, add to your faith. Virtue. To virtue, add knowledge. To knowledge, add self-control. To self-control, add perseverance. To perseverance, add godliness. To godliness, add brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, add love. How many components did I just name? Seven. What seven? Completion. Do we want completed faith? so that it can produce everything God has said. Jesus said, I came that they might have life. He said he gave us everything that pertains to life. I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly, overflowing 
the Zoe kind of life that God wants us to have. Nothing broken, nothing missing, nothing lacking. Glory to God. So then let's talk about these seven things. What have, I, have I got about ten minutes? Am I good? that okay? Or whatever. Thank you. All right. Virtue. He said add virtue. What is that? Moral excellence. Moral excellence. God is a moral God. And if God doesn't call it moral, folks, I'm sorry. It's sin. I'm not a part of the woke generation. If God calls it sin, it's sin. If God doesn't call it moral, it's not moral. The word of God sets our moral standards for us, our standards of excellence. We don't need to live by the world's standards. Our young people are told, you've got to wear this kind of jean and that kind of t- tennis shoe, and you've got to do this, and you've got to go there, and you've got to be this. No, you be who God says you should be. You live like God. Young women, please listen to me. Dress modestly. You are a prize and a treasure, not a hunk of meat on a slab. Can I say that in church? I just did, didn't I? And don't you care if your friends make fun of you or not, but you're pleasing in God's sight. And young men, you better hear that too. Virtue. You have to choose to hate sin, listen to me, by faith. You can't do it in your own your own power and your own strength. You choose to hate sin by faith. And sin causes the foundations of faith to crumble. If you want to know why your faith isn't working, you better check your virtue level and see if your foundation is crumbling. Is there any sin in your life? And what do you do then? Repent. Ask God to forgive you. Move on. Hallelujah. Then the second thing he said, knowledge. Faith is only compatible with knowledge. It is not compatible with ignorance. You know the whole thing that says ignorance of the law is no excuse? The ignorance of God's word is no excuse because he said, I do not desire for you to be ignorant. He gave us his word. In Hosea 4, 6, it says, My people perish for a lack of knowledge. But it also goes on to say, Because they reject the knowledge. Oh, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to believe that. Uh, that doesn't line up with my doctrine. Or my th- well, nobody cares about your doctrine or theology. Does it line up with the word of God? You can't just pick and choose what you want and ignore the rest. I'm sorry. And ignorance is no excuse. Well, they don't teach that in my church. Go to another church. (laughs) I didn't learn that in Sunday school. Do you own a Bible? Read it for yourself. Even this, don't listen to me. Go to the Word of God. That's why I give you the scriptures to base it on. Knowledge. Without knowledge of the Word, which is the will of God... Faith is not supported nor maintained and therefore you end up in ignorance and therefore your faith will not be powerful and functional, forceful. The Bible says renew your mind daily. How often? Daily. Daily by reading the word. 
It says you've got to reintroduce, replenish, and regenerate your mind through the Word of God. Dr. Hagen made a statement. He said, your mind doesn't stay renewed any more than your hair stays combed. Do you comb your hair every day or more than one time a day? Some kids I know nowadays, they carry a brush or a comb with them, and all you see is this all day long, all day long. But I love what Dr. Hagen said. Hey, you can't just renew your mind once and think you're done. You got to do it continuously. And then that brings us to self-control. Add to your faith self-control. What is that? Temperance, self-restraint. And it is essential for perfected, completed faith. But let me tell you again, it requires Holy Ghost assistance. Ooh, we're not going to get through if I don't keep on. Your body was never intended to dictate, lead, and control your life. You're supposed to live through the spirit of God that lives in you as it comes through the filter, the soul, and then takes control of your body. We try to live from the outside to the inside. God wants us to live from the inside to the outside. Amen? We need spiritual, mental, and physical boundaries that keep us within what God would call self-control. We have to exercise self-control over our thought lives. Dear God, help me with that. No worry, no bitterness, no unforgiveness, no fear, no anger. All of that is a result of an uncontrolled thought life. Because the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Self-control over your mouth. Remember, the word says you're going to get what you say. Some of us need to do what I've had to do. Anybody ever order anything from Amazon? Uh huh. Did you know you can get a case of duct tape? <laughs> I have, and, and, but the problem is they don't deliver directly from heaven, and I need Holy Ghost duct tape some days to seal up this mouth so I quit calling things that be as though they were and start calling things that be not as though they were so that they can manifest and come to life for me. Amen? I'll, t I'll give y'all the address for ordering Holy Ghost duct tape. It's um, H-O-L-Y-B-I-B-L-E dot com. <laughs> Oh, and then it says add patience. I don't even want to talk about that. Patience is endurance, tolerance, persistence, and a fortitude. Moral fortitude. It goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago. But fortitude is strength in the face of adversity. Firm courage. Uncomplaining. And the power to resist attacks. Gloria Copeland said, without patience... Faith will quit. I, don't, I am not a patient. Oh, that man. He said, Belda, you got to be patient, Belda. I don't want to be patient. I want what I want, when I want it, where I want it, the way I want it. And I want it now. <laughs> Some of y'all are sitting there saying, I want to go eat now. <laughs> but patience you know, because if we don't, we'll rush ahead. We'll settle for good instead of best. Pastor Kennedy has taught us that for years. Never settle for good when God has best for you. Be patient. 
just a little while. Patience is not a calendar watcher. Well, I've been waiting two hours to get my healing. I've been waiting two weeks. I've been waiting two days. Well, maybe it's time to quit waiting and start receiving. Come on. I could have gotten one amen out of that from somebody, okay? How about godliness? Add to your faith godliness. What does that mean? It just means to be godlike in what we say, what we do, what we think, that we have an interest in his plan and his will. I'll sum it up this way. We prefer what God prefers. Lord, have thy way. Amen. Number six, add to your faith brotherly kindness. Y'all, we need kindness in the world today. We live in such a horrible, horrible world. I don't want to get off on a tangent, and I don't know where y'all take a stand, but to me, I can't imagine anything less kind than to murder a baby in the womb. And now you've seen the law in California, they can wait till a baby is a year old and then kill it. My God, how demonic can you be? We must pray. We must repent. We must cry out to God. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us. Galatians 6.10 says, As given opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Walking in kindness will undergird, complement our faith, and help to protect it. I was so moved by what Brother Jerry shared yesterday about when he meets people in, in gas stations and, and um, uh, what do you call those things on the side of rest areas and, and stuff like that. And he's kind to people he doesn't even know. <laughs> Imagine that, being kind to someone you don't know. You know, sometimes all you need is a gentle word. A smile. I remember one day I was in Walmart and the girl that was checking me out was so rude and hateful. Ooh, it was scary. And she'd been rude and hateful to the person in front of me and now she was rude and hateful to me. And when I got up there and, you know, and she's just slinging my stuff around and telling me how much it is, I just looked at her and I said, I hope you're going to have a better day. I'll be praying for you. God bless you, sweetheart. And I took my bags and ran. <laughs> I came back in a couple of weeks later and I got back in her line I said great I got her again I walked up to her and she said I remember you she said you were in here she said I was having such a bad day she said I was so sick and I knew I couldn't leave work because I needed my money I needed my paycheck really bad she said but you were kind to me and I want to thank you it doesn't cost you anything just be kind and it will strengthen your faith. And lastly, he said this. And I believe this is the secret ingredient for all of it. If you want complete faith, functional faith, powerful faith. He said, and add to faith love. And then he tells us why. In Galatians 5, 6, faith works by love. If you're not blending in love with your faith it will not work the niv version says the only thing that counts in faith expressing it is faith expressing itself through love check your love walk folks check your love walk love you know that it comes from the greek the philadelphia means be affectionate 
care for each other, comfort each other, uphold the weak, mm. be patient with all. You hear that? Be patient with all the elders. <laughs> Give preference. Be willing to sacrifice for another. Wow. I heard about these young people going on missions trips. They're sacrificing. Man, I'm so proud of them, and I want to know their names and when they're going and the dates. I want to be praying for them as they go. Amen? But love also means having a sense of family. Y'all, this is why the enemy's fighting so hard to keep people out of the church. He doesn't want them to walk in love. He doesn't want them to have a sense of family. He's ripping families apart left and right. We must pray for the spirit of reconciliation to begin to work in marriages and in families. Come on. Prayer, prayer, prayer. But pray in faith, believing that God will hear your prayers and answer it. Oh, we need a little love gauge <laughs> sometimes because many of us our tanks are running on empty and then number seven says now take it by force God has given us great and precious promises in his word the promise of healing health wholeness soundness well-being prosperity and as far as God is concerned that settles the issue it's all available. It's done. There's nothing left for him to do. It's all left up to you. It's not automatic. You have to believe and receive by faith. Real faith is active and powerful. Remember this, faith, genuine faith, always has a corresponding action. So in closing, I'm simply going to reread this for you again out of 2 Peter. But this time I'm going to drop on down to verses 8 and 9 because we read the others. If you possess these seven qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, or we could say in your faith. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind. And I had a note here, it's tough to fight the fight of faith with a blindfold on. Take off the blindfold today. Let's see what God says. Amen? Did you learn anything? Did that help you or encourage you? Then I just simply want to pray over you and then believe you'll be back tonight. Come expecting, come believing. Y'all, let me tell you, it's not up to me. It's up to you. Get with God this afternoon. But let me just go ahead and we'll pray this. Why don't y'all rise up, stand up, and speak up. And as I pray this, I'll break it up and let you repeat it behind me. Thank you, Lord. Your healing power is flowing through me right now. Driving out. Every form of sickness or affliction. And by faith, I receive, I take, I seize my healing now. And I decree that Jesus, by your stripes, I am healed. Amen and amen. God bless y'all. See y'all back tonight.
If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.